Hey y'all, this is Courtney and Imani and you're listening to the Soul Sisters Podcast. This is the Soul Sisters Podcast. If you are listening in for the first time, thank you for joining us. And you are now officially a part of the SSP community. So welcome. And for those of you who tuned in to season one and our previous episodes in season two, thank you so, so, so much for all of your support. We really, truly appreciate it. Hey, Moni. Hey, girl. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm going to be honest. This whole limited human interaction phase that we are in is it, driving me a little crazy. Mm. Um, especially because, like, I live by myself and I'm working from home. So I literally do not interact with anyone in person um, on a daily basis, which is different for me. And it's so ironic because as much as I love to recharge and take a break from people, I still love people. So not being around people is an adjustment. But Mm -hmm. I mean, as humans, we're not meant to be in isolation. We're not meant to be here on our own. Mm -hmm. Hence why God gave Adam Eve. But I'm (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm good. Same. This is what? Day 20 of quarantine for me. Why are you um, counting? Why are you Because counting? at this point, really how it happened, how I know this, someone else that I work with posted on Instagram, this is day 18, like two days ago, and I was like, oh, dang. So I've just sort of like now been keeping track. Not like that I really counted, but yeah. Um, Stop counting. So- this, is the, this is the new one. <laughs> Stop counting. You know, but it is. Um so just trying to keep myself entertained. I go on walks to get some fresh air, take little trips to the grocery store when I am feeling a little bored. Social distancing is quite interesting, but I'm getting a lot of time connecting with people throughout the day and FaceTiming with friends. So all is well, all is well. So we are going to transition into kingdom versus culture. And basically, um, the purpose of the segment is to address any hot topics that are discussed by popular culture, typically on public platforms, especially on social media, where we get worldviews that are, you know, contrary to what God's word says and how he expects us to live our lives. So we want to encourage one another to be imitators of Christ, despite what the majority thinks, because honestly, truly living a kingdom lifestyle is contrary to culture. So today's topic is the treatment of elders in this challenging time during coronavirus. So there have been people that have been rushing grocery stores, buying up all the food, um, and now really looking for like looking out for elders during this time. I've seen videos literally on Facebook of people fighting with elders over rolls of toilet paper, like literally like fighting, like she has... Yes, like the elderly lady had it in her hand and another lady that was probably in her 30s or 40s was literally trying to take it from her and then people had to step in and then the lady got, you know, walked off all mad and stuff because it was the last like pack. 
And literally, I saw this on Facebook, and I was like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? She did not get whoopings growing up. Obviously not. <laughs> um, and I've seen video, like, or pictures um, of older people in the grocery store and literally, like, looking at... Um, empty shelves and like busting out in tears like it's just really it's really really sad and I don't know why people post this on social media as well but anywho I've seen it I've seen it so that's what culture is doing culture is basically look after yourselves fend for yourselves and not really caring about our elders during this really really difficult time where they're very very vulnerable what that just made me Oh yeah! I don't know who to be more upset at the woman who was trying to go at it with the elderly person or the person that posted it like I'm I don't know which one to be I'm weak (laughs) yeah upset with yeah carry on carry on so yeah but kingdom kingdom we we have to make sure that our elderly uh population have what they need to survive during this time like like they have to they have to have what they need like they're the most one of the most vulnerable populations for this virus they you know they already can't get around much as it is depending on how old they are or whatever so we really have to take that step to make sure they have everything they need respecting elders like it should never be a thing where we're fighting over toilet paper for it like with an elder like that should never be a thing and i think as kingdom we should be calling our older church members. We should be calling our family members and asking, hey, do you have everything that you need? Do you need me to go to the grocery store for you? Or do you need me to take out your trash? Or whatever you may need, like whatever it is, calling them and checking, make sure they're good because they are super vulnerable to this time. And I think it's like our God-given duty to make sure they're um, they're okay. So Leviticus 19.32 um, it says, stand up in the presence of the age, show respect for the elderly, and revere your God. Like, God made it pretty clear. And, you know, the people that were in the video that was tugging on the lady, that was helping the elderly woman, thank you. But it should have never gotten to that point, like, at, at all. Um, so that is kingdom versus culture, just respecting our elders, making sure they are provided for, not taking toilet paper out of their hands and not rushing the grocery stores to where they have no food to eat so that is kingdom wait i want to get my opinion i know i know I, that's what i was about to say oh i thought you was in in the segment no go ahead <laughs> <laughs> i got stuff to say um so one point you said you know it's important for us to take care of one another um mm-hmm. looking out for our elderly folk and you said it's something that is instructed by God. So check this out. In First Timothy, it says mm-hmm. anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially in their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Oh, child. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step on some water for that one. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> um, and then more specifically, focusing on the elderly. And it really just makes me think about how um, my daddy, when he was growing up, he had three generations in the household. So his great grand, mm-hmm. well, his grandmother, my great grandmother, lived in the house, um, mm-hmm. you know, with him and, and um, my grandmother as well. And it's like the elderly are supposed to teach the young. This is why we yeah. have elders in the church anyways. And thinking about um, this from a biblical perspective, 
anytime anything monumental happened the elders were there the the Ooh, whether it was good. the king yeah. that was gathering mm-hmm. the elders even before um moses uh, went to Pharaoh the first time, the Lord said, gather the elders and yep. basically tell them what I have revealed to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when it talks about people that are sick in church, the Bible tells us, hey, the elders of the church are supposed to come together, pray and anoint the person and pray that they may mm-hmm. be healed. So the elders are very monumental, not just yep. for the church, but just for our daily lives. This is where mm-hmm. the wisdom comes from. This is mm-hmm. where the direction comes from. The young people, we got the energy. We lit, we teed up, all that. But it's the <laughs> wisdom, <laughs> the knowledge and the understanding that comes from the elderly. We need the elderly. We need Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And I think it's because of a lack of respect for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that young people tend to operate in ignorance. Yep. So, Absolutely. That's my point of view. I love that. So that is kingdom versus culture. And so now we're going to transition into our topic for today. And for this week's episode, we're going to discuss something that's quite sensitive. um, And that is mental health. We wanted to take the time to discuss this matter, especially now as the world is experiencing challenging times, you know, with coronavirus. So with social distancing, quarantine, financial disruption and health concerns happening all over, This time could be very triggering for anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. So we want to just create conversation about mental health, its challenges, and how we as believers should respond to mental health. So the definition of mental illnesses is health conditions conditions involving changes in emotions, thinking, and behavior. Um, And from a biblical standpoint and a spiritual standpoint, a study was led by Lifeway Research showing that one in five pastors have struggled with mental illness of some kind. So this conversation is something that the body of Christ needs. Like we need to have this conversation because quite frankly, I don't think it's talked about enough, like at all. So Sissy, the first question I'm going to ask you is why do you think mental health is such a hard topic to discuss? I think it's a hard topic to discuss because it is such a taboo subject. Yeah. Especially in the church mm-hmm. um, because it is indoctrin- indoctrinated that all we need is Jesus, right? Yeah. And we yep. can pray anything away. Yes, Jesus <laughs> is all we need. At the same time, we must recognize that there's a reason why God created doctors and counselors mm-hmm. and people who specialize in this area. And um, I know people that have suffered with men- mental in- illness have been asked the question, well, isn't God enough for you? Mm-hmm. And so that's not the best way to, that's not the best way to um, respond to someone mm-hmm. when they're being open and transparent about what they're going through. And that is just a prime example of people and um, the church not knowing how to address mental mm-hmm. illnesses. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's what do good. you think? I would even say not not church related. I think be- one of the things that one of the reasons why it may be such a hard topic is like shame because it's such mm. a taboo thing. It's like oh, if I tell someone like I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. I don't want them to get scared. I don't want them to think. I'm crazy or weird. Um, And those are real feelings that people have. Um, 
and it's and it's honestly just never discussed because like you said it's just one of those things it's like pray it away or whatever and it's just like no and so people keep it in and they internalize it and don't speak on it yeah that's the real place because i'm gonna be honest there have been times where someone has come to me in a vulnerable state and have revealed um that they are suffering from some some sort of mental illness and i really don't know how to respond and it's like do i say something does me not saying anything show that i don't care like we um i don't think we all have applicable steps tools or resources to help navigate those conversations mm-hmm. absolutely so what are some misunderstandings of mental health Mm, good question so i touched on this a little bit ago but um i think the biggest misconception is that like you can pray it away yeah and prayer is very instrumental Mm -hmm. right when it comes to mental illness and receiving your healing um however i think you gotta go uh, a little bit deeper than just praying God take this away from me because mm-hmm. in my opinion mental illnesses are the manifestation of deeper issues mm-hmm. so deeper underlying issues so I think one of the prayers should be um, will God help me get to the root issue of it all because mm-hmm. once you have an understanding of where it comes from then you can do the work in order to receive your healing so yes Mm -hmm. prayer is monumental but there's also some work that comes with it sort Mm -hmm. of how like you know the bible talks about without work faith is dead Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like god is going to do his part but there's you know you got to put some skin in the game as well Oh man yeah yeah that's good Mm -hmm. i would even say there's some other ones um i think a lot of miss understandings when it comes to mental health is like people can control it people people can have like they can decide when or when not they are depressed or whatever um and people can't like it's a mental illness like like any other illness i would even say um that people one one of the misunderstandings is like people because of that because they feel like they can control it that they 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 can't get out of it themselves or whatever I feel like people think like they want to be in those situations and like people don't like they don't want to be anxious they don't want to be depressed and they may have a hard time trying to figure out how to do it and um the biggest one for me that I think people can function as normal and can have mental health issues people can appear on the outside to be completely fine and you would never think they have mental health issues but one of the misunderstandings I think people put mental health as like super depressed and I'm suicidal and like I don't come out my room and I don't eat I don't shower and that's definitely a misconception like like completely and so that's another one that I that I thought of as well yeah I agree because just last year let alone there were many stories about pastors Pastors, committing suicides or even the um christian artist toby mack his son committed suicide Mm -hmm. and a lot of people were saying we just didn't see the signs like we didn't Mm -hmm. know that they were suffering um Mm -hmm. so you mental illness is not something that you can always see physically yeah Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to be honest here. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. be honest. When you mentioned this isn't something that you can turn on or off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. 
safe space, right? I'm just going to be honest here. Sometimes I tend to have that mindset Mm. when it comes to other people and myself navigating through mental illness illnesses and the reason why I say that is because I feel like you always have a choice like you can make the choice to one yes feel the way that you feel because your feelings are valid are valid but also make the choice to um do whatever you need to do to make sure you don't stay in that place and sometimes I think some people just want to be in a negative space I think sometimes people want to be just sad and depressed not saying it happens all the time but I think my push with that is like you have a choice whether to stay in that place or not that's just my opinion Hmm. I'm about to think on that. And if you say just to stay in it, just like not getting help, not right doing anything like, about it. Okay. Right. Like you're you just stay in that place. You're not even wanting help, not mm-hmm. asking for help. I could see if you are still, you know. Um, dealing with your mental illness, but you are going to counseling. You're you're praying. You're you're taking uh, practical steps to get better. But it's when you're not that I'm kind of like, um. Well, is this something that you could possibly have more control over? I know there's. It, I, I know different situations apply to different people. Um, and there and a lot of times, um, with mental illnesses, we have to. Um, consider that deliverance has to take place. So that's another part of it. But that's just my opinion. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's just one perspective I have on it. That's an interesting take. That's a really interesting take. I guess thinking of it in that way, like I can see that. But then also sometimes people don't know. Like some people, situations, like you said, situations are different. Some people can't afford therapy. Some people can't afford mm-hmm. different things so i see i see That's both fair. both ways mm-hmm. um and sometimes people just they they don't know what would work and sometimes that prevents them from trying anything they're like well they may have tried therapy in the past and it's like well that didn't work so i don't know what else to do like so there's different situations but yeah. I, I definitely see yeah. your, your your take on that what have been some of your challenges with mental health What a loaded question. Um, So let me give a little bit of background context. When I was 15, I uh, met a guy and one thing led to another and I ended up pregnant. And I ultimately made the decision to get an abortion at 15 years old. And um, if I would have kept my child... He or she would have been born sometime between Christmas and the new year. So for the past seven years, I suffered from seasonal depression around the holidays, 
part of it is because like the whole divorce parents you know thing but it is mostly because of the decision I made to get an abortion so around the holidays when I have nieces and nephews and and I see them um, you know playing and running around the house and even calling my daddy pops a part of me is just like ooh. There should be another grandchild. Or um, even this past uh, Christmas. Was it Christmas? Yeah, it was around Christmas. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. where we went to Disney World. Mm-hmm. Courtney, was, you and I went to Disney like with my family. Yeah, it was a week before Christmas. 14, yeah. yeah, and so even that was hard. Just seeing um, my dad interact with my nieces. And I love my nieces to death, but it's just also like that. Ooh. Like, oh, one more should be here. So every year, it has gotten progressively better throughout the years. But around the holidays, I'm really, really sad. I don't want to be around anyone simply because I don't want to make other people sad. Because people can Mm -hmm. sense when you're sad. I mean, even Mm -hmm. my parents notice it. I don't think they really know why I feel the way that I do. I think um, daddy and mama Gina may have this perception that it's because, oh, my mom, you know, being an alcoholic, that's part of it. But um, the abortion is really what does it for me. So the last two weeks of the year are the hardest for me. It is like I am fighting every day to get out of bed, to get dressed, um, to do the things that I'd normally do because I am really sad. And last week I talked about how I feel insecure about my family. Well, that's another layer to it too. Mm-hmm. So that's been my struggle for the past seven years. Thank you for sharing, Sissy. Yes. What about you? Oh, do we have enough time, Jesus? So I was first diagnosed with depression in high school. Um, I was a sophomore. Um, This is with the time my mom was getting a divorce um, and everything was dark. Like, Like even the house was dark. Like there was no light from what I can remember. I would, I was just so depressed because during that time my mom was dealing with her own things and I just, I felt so like, alone I felt so unloved um I felt invisible um and so it every it was just a very dark time for me so that was when I first was first diagnosed my mom didn't understand what was going on with me she would like force me into her room and she would make me be in her room until I told her what was going on and I just never would and so eventually she gave up and, and she took me to therapy um I probably went to three sessions Um, but I like immediately within the first five minutes, my, she called my mom was in, in to the room and was like, oh yeah, she's, she's depressed. Um, so that was like the first thing. Um, I only went to three sessions, um, and I really didn't think much of it, but how, like I went through that. Um, so that was the first round, um, in college, it was on and off, um, not as severe as high school, I had my moments. I had, you know, time where I was just really, really sad. There was a lot going on and I just didn't understand. And then on top of that, I was diagnosed with severe anxiety in college. And a lot of that can, I I think, 
was contributed to my perfectionism and just like all of that. Um, and so I was diagnosed in college, high anxiety, severe anxiety. And that's something that I still struggle with today. Um, like it's, yeah. So still, still struggle with that. I, I think this was a turning point in my mental health. Um, I was in Austin visiting a friend probably the end of February and there was things that I got had going on at work. Um, there were things going on with my health. Um, and I was really anxious. Like I can't even like say that I enjoyed the trip. I enjoyed the, my, the company, but I can't even say that I had fun because of how my anxiety overtook me that weekend. I was waking up every hour having panic attacks. Um, literally I would, I would wake up and then like, I'm panicking for an hour. I would try to pray, try to calm myself down. I would fall back to sleep and then I'll wake up again in the next hour. So it was very, very hard for me. And I remember crying, calling my mom crying literally that whole weekend. Um, and so, um, the day I got back from Austin, I took the day off. I could not even like function, could not at like do anything. And I literally was home the whole day crying and I just was so upset and now because of how bad that that weekend was for me and it just sort of was like the tipping point um now I am on medication for my anxiety to help with my panic attacks um and to just help with the levels in my brain um but that was the decision that I made once I realized how bad it it really had gotten when I felt like I couldn't even make it to the end of the week. Like I just felt that panicky and anxious that I just, I honestly told my mom, like, mommy, I don't know how I will make it to the end of the week. And that's when I made the decision. It wasn't a fun decision to make, but my mom suggested it first um, to be on medicine. So yeah, that has been my journey with mental health. Um, but man, that is it. Oh, I got through it without crying. I'm so proud. Yeah, well, thank you for so, sure. Yeah. It would have been okay if you would have cried. Like, that's Woo. that's fine. Um, crying or mental health is not a sign of weakness. You're right. You're right. So how have you overcome your challenges? With the depression? Mm-hmm. Listen, it, it, it took some years. And the reason why is because um, I had to get to the root issue mm -hmm. of it all so like for the first couple years after the abortion it was like yeah not having my child was the reason why I was sad but why do I still feel sad so for like for the first uh one to two and a half years it was because I had not received God's forgiveness mm. so that was the first step right and then, okay, God, I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving me. Fast forward, so now we're, you know, post three to four years after the abortion. I'm still sad. I know God has forgiven me. Oh, I need to forgive the guy that got me pregnant and just didn't care about me during that time. Okay, got it. I forgive him. Cool. Here... 
fast forward five to six and a half, almost seven years post-abortion, why am I still feeling this way? Oh, Imani, you have not forgiven yourself. Mm. So it was, it got to a point, it was so bad, I'll never forget this. It was um, December 30th, 2018, the day before New Year's Eve, and um, I was part of a young adult group at church, which my parents just so happened to oversee, and um, we were charged with uh, leading New Year's Eve service. So we were preparing for that. Coming home from rehearsal, not even coming home, I was driving back to my student apartment in college. I was so sad, so upset. I felt like I was about to burst. Um, But then I also feel numb. Because when you're immune to trauma and pain, you just sort of get numb. And like I was driving in my car, I wanted to veer off and just hit something. Like I wasn't trying to commit suicide. I just wanted to feel and I wanted people to know that I was hurting and that I was in pain. And I really just wanted to veer my car off and just hit a mailbox or something. Um, But something in me just wouldn't let me do it. Um, Now I know it was God's protection. So I got back to my apartment and I just broke down and um so part of the reason why i was able to overcome that one getting to those root issues but two ultimately surrendering to god and i'll never forget this i was on my knees i was crying hands lifted up and i told god this is the part where you come in this is your cue because i have done everything that i could do which is pretty limited so right now i need you I'll never forget it. Clear as day. I'll never forget it. And that's when the Lord spoke to me and was like, hey, I have forgiven you. I need you to forgive yourself. And I was like, okay. So I, you know, worked through that. And I remember that night as I was preparing to coordinate my outfit for New Year's Eve service, God was like, don't wear makeup. I need you to wear leggings and I need you to wear something loose fitting. Oh, I'm sitting here like, uh, okay. Because I was trying to bring in the new year with, in style. I really was. I, I really was. Um, but then once service happened the next day, I know why. Um, the praise and worship team first sang the song Freedom by Eddie James. And part of the lyrics say, no more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I am free. Ever since that moment and that entire night, I danced my butt off. Like, similarly to how David was dancing with his clothes falling off, that was exactly what was going on with me. I allowed um, the spirit to take over and just lead me and dance and worship because in my heart, at my core, I am a worshiper, right? And so... um, I literally worshiped my way into 2019 and I made the choice to walk in the freedom that is given to me. Um, But also just that atmosphere of worship um, allows, you know, the Holy Spirit to come in and you feel the presence of God. And it's like in his presence is the fullness of joy where the spirit of the Lord is. Mm -hmm. There is liberty Um, and his presence is perfect peace. When you have those things, you don't even have to worry about what is holding you back. And I didn't even have time to think about 
why I was feeling so heavy. I didn't have time to think about my depression or anything because when you're worshiping, and this is why worship is so important, worshiping Mm -hmm. gets you out of yourself and it places you in a, it pushes, it puts you in a place of humility. It does. (laughs) Wow, I feel you, Holy Spirit. It puts you in a place of humility because now your focus is on God. Yeah. And his presence is everything. And everything that we need is in his presence. And so that's how I was able to overcome. One, get to the root issues. But two, literally surrendering to God Mm -hmm. and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me down the direction I needed to take in order to receive my healing. And for that, it was worshiping, dancing and worshiping. So that's how I overcame. Woo! I felt that thing. That was good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Listen, all glory to God. All glory to God. It it has nothing to do with me. Yes. The prayer that I prayed. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? How how have you been able to overcome the challenges that you faced with Um, either the depression or anxiety? Yeah, with depression in high school... (laughs) Y'all, I would sit in my bathtub <laughs> with my Bible <laughs> and I would literally talk to God. I, I would go through scripture and I and I still have that Bible of when I would just I was going through and just highlighting like verses like do not fear, cast your anxiety on and like speaking those things. And I would like force myself to look in the mirror and like you are loved. God loves you. Like I did all of that. Like I had my music and at one point in time. Uh, I had all my music on my phone and, and I was in a sort of like you in a space of worship that entire time. I was, and literally one day I just sort of woke up and I was like, wait, I'm not depressed. And it was just like a daily thing. I was like, wait, OK. And I just really feel like that time that I took to really get to know the Lord as a you know sophomore in high school and to really allow him to enter into my heart and to help me figure out my triggers or what, what was causing the hurt. Um, that really helped me a lot. With regards to my anxiety now, um, it's still a work in progress. I've gotten in this last month, I'm actually really proud of myself. I've gotten so much better. Um, and so I have three methods. My three methods are prayer, um, prayer, reading my Bible. Um, like I walk around praying and I would say even add worship to that. I start my morning with worship. Um, I have my Bible verses and when I start to feel panicky and anxious, I'm able to like speak scripture to myself um, and to feel, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit and things like that. Um, So that's that's number one. Therapy is the second thing. Shout out to my therapist. She she's my girl. Um, And one of the things that I've been able to do is understand my triggers. What are the things that are triggering me? What are things that. I haven't thought about that I bring bring up to her in conversation in passing. And she's like, whoa, 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 let's bring that back. Let's talk about that. And it's something that I haven't thought about. Um, so understanding my triggers and recognizing when I'm triggered. Um, I've started to realize um, the physical things that happen to me when I'm anxious. Recently, and it, it came to me, I started being more aware, my arms tingle and they, and they sort of go numb. Um, and so when I get anxious and I feel my arms tingling, it's like, whoa, 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 let's take a pause because your arms are tingling. Let's slow it down. Let's figure out what's wrong. And so for me, I'm able to to slow my thought process down and sort of sort of start the sort of stop the racing thoughts um, before I react. So that has been really helpful for me. 
Um, and just therapy is good just to talk, just to talk it out, just to be like, am I crazy? Am I like, am I going, what am I going through? Is this abnormal? Like whatever. So therapy is the second one. Now the third is meds. Um, I've been on meds probably almost a month. Yes. Um, yeah, almost a month. Um, and that's just to help with the levels in my brain or whatever. I forgot what my doctor said. Um, but I am on the lowest dose. Like there's a normal dose of like 20 milligrams. I'm on 10. Um, so it's not soup. I'm not on the normal dose or a very high dosage. I'm on a very, very low dose. And honestly, I've seen improvement. I don't, I, I think this month has been so much better than, than February was um, when it comes to my anxiety. And I don't plan on being on it for forever. I Hopefully off within the next, I don't know, five months. I don't plan on being on it forever. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm taking the time to heal and to figure things out and to get to a place where it is manageable. So those are the, those are the three things I am doing to work my way to overcoming so yeah then good for you to taking for taking the initiative to oh um, yeah heal and and, and manage Good i stuff. mean it comes to a point where you sort of get tired you get like, sick and tired of being man, sick and tired it's listen, like listen listen that new year's eve service i said oh no we're not carrying this into 2019 mm-mm. like we're not we're not mm-mm. so yeah. Yeah. It you get to a point where you're like, I can't even I can't I can't hold on to this anymore. Like I gotta I gotta put a plan in action and I gotta do the work. And doing the work isn't fun. It is not easy. It sucks. Let's be completely honest. It yeah. it's not fun like at all, but it's so worth it when you see progress being made. Um so the last question is ask Christians, how do you think we should respond to mental mental health when dealing with it ourselves and when others confide in us about their struggles. Okay. In terms of responding to mental health, when we deal with it ourselves, I think it's, I'm going to keep emphasizing this. It's important to get to those root issues mm-hmm. um, because if you don't get to those root issues, you're simply only addressing the symptoms and not mm-hmm. the cause. When it comes to other people who choose to confide in us, and this is easier said than done, and I can definitely speak to this, we have to get to a point where um, we don't judge people, we don't make them feel bad about what they're going through, and which really boils down to having a heart of compassion. And I think a lot of times, human nature, anytime someone shares anything with us, we feel like we have to respond, which... I get it like (laughs) that's naturally me but sometimes especially when you don't know what to say just listening and being present is more than enough for the person that's confiding um to you that's good so that's my take on it what about you um for ourselves um we have to realize that it's okay to have jesus to have therapy Mm-hmm. to have medicine. Mm-hmm. It is okay to have all three. I think, like you said earlier, we have this thing, Jesus is all you need. Like, yes, he is all we need, but we have to also, we, he gave us doctors, like you said, he's gave given us therapists to utilize, Christian therapists at that. Like my therapist is a Christian therapist. And to apply biblical 
principles and scripture mm-hmm. to our situations, but yep. also give us the clinical and psych- psychological like standpoint as well. So we should not feel like we 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 can't have all three, or we shouldn't um, have anything else besides Jesus. Don't feel the shame, and, and we also should be gracious towards ourselves during this time. It's hard dealing with mental health issues. It's very rough, and it's already um, the this having the symptoms, having the thoughts, or whatever. It's hard enough. So, like, be gracious toward yourself. I know I've I have had to stop myself from a lot of negative self self talks. Like, you should be you should not be dealing with this. You should not be anxious. This is nothing to be anxious over. And it's like, no, be be a little more gracious to, towards yourself. Be have a lot more compassion for yourself and and recognize your growth and your healing during the process, because that's only going to help you continue that growth and that healing. When it comes to other people, um, we touched, we've touched on this. Do not just tell them to pray it away. Like if, if you, if someone in front of you had a heart attack, we're not going to be like, Oh, just pray for them. Don't we're going to we're going to pray for them. And we're going to send them to the hospital. Like we're not going to just leave them there. So Mm -hmm. like, just don't tell people to just pray it away and you'll be fine. Um, yes, we rebuke the spirit of anxiety and depression, but we also need to have more, like, like we said, practical other methods to dealing with it. Um, prayer works. Like I just said, prayer works, but we just got to be more practical. And like, we have all of this stuff and these resources, so we need to use them. Um, and the last thing I'll say is just be open about our journeys. I think, if someone was coming to me and they're, they're experiencing anxiety, I think I would do them a disservice if I didn't share with them my journey of that because you, we can help each other. And I, there's, and if you're early in your journey of dealing with things and me being deep in mind, I can, I can give you tactics or whatever. Not everything works for everybody, but just being open to having conversations about it to expose the things that people are going through. Um, and as believers, we should be willing to, you know, jump in and pray for people um, and do whatever needs to be done to help our friends or whatever in these situations. So that's it on my end. Yeah, good stuff. So when it comes Ooh-hoo. to this week's, um, well, one, I'm really glad we had that conversation. Let me yeah, just I backtrack. That conversation was needed. Um, and thank you for sharing and being transparent because it's not an easy thing to discuss. Um, but when it comes to this week's Bible verse, this is probably one of my favorite things. And it comes directly from the Messiah. <laughs> I do not mean to be so spiritual, but it comes directly from. I was about to go on a list. I was about to go on a tangent. I was about to call out all the names. You know, I honestly thought you were Messiah. Just do it. Yeshua. Emmanuel. Come on. Wonderful counselor. Come on. Prince of Peace. Come on. The Holy Lamb. Come on. Mary's baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'm weak. (laughs) Let us let me rear back in. So um This week's uh, Bible verse, or verses, I should say, comes from Matthew 11, um, verses 28 through 30, when Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is 
light. So one thing that I wanted to point out between um, our responses, Courtney, was when it when it comes to overcoming our mental illnesses, it was um, really rooted in God and doing the things to be connected to him. And and I think this verse does speak to that. Um, God is the ultimate source of healing. Right. It mm-hmm. does not negate that there are counselors or people that specialize in mental illness and can help us work through that. But the main point is our rest and our healing is through him. Now, Absolutely. how we get to that place looks different for different mm-hmm. people, whether that's you going to therapy, whether that is you tearing in your house, praying all day, all night long, whatever. It looks different for different people. But mm-hmm. ultimately, the source of healing comes from God. And any yeah. sort of mental illness or anything that makes us heavy... It's not something that God wants us to deal with. Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he also came so that we can live life and live life abundantly. Mm -hmm. My God. Thank you, Lord. So make sure that we are looking to God for our help and healing. However, that avenue looks different for different people. But ultimately, God is the source of how you're going to be able to overcome your mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Mm. Mm. That, that is so that good. That verse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God is so mm. good. What a God oh, we oof. serve. Man. All right. I felt A that. living God. Listen. We serve a one. living God. A God that Woo! has the power to heal. The blood still works. And it's so crazy. People worship idols. That can't do nothing. Man. And it's so funny. When the wrath of God was coming down in the book of Jeremiah and Isaiah, God was like, where are your idols? Man. They can't can't stop you. They can't help you. But, man, we have a God that is not stagnant. We have a God who is not complacent. No. And who loves us so much. I'm going to be quiet before I start. That's so good. A whole sermon. Go ahead. Pray. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Father God, thank you for this episode. Thank you for the conversation that we had regarding mental illness. Lord, thank you so much that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Lord, we thank you for just who you are, Lord. We come against all mental health issues in the name of Jesus. I pray that if our listeners are struggling, I pray that they rest in your unchanging hand, Father. I pray that they come to you for healing. I pray that they do what's best for them regarding their healing and working through and overcoming their mental health issues, God. I thank you that in you we have complete and total healing for you are the healer and we just thank you for all that you are and all that you're doing lord in jesus name amen amen so listen y'all if any of you are dealing with any sort of um mental illnesses just know that our dms are open we will um, pray for you um we will try and help you in whatever whatever way we can so you can reach out to us um via social media or even during our slack through our slack channel where you have direct access to us just know Mm -hmm. that we are supporting each and every one of you here at ssp and you do not have to battle it on your own so i just wanted to say that so with that being said we'll we'll be back next time next week we'll be back next week bye y'all bye y'all